Uh, this morning, <clears throat> we're very excited to be here uh, and just to stand before you uh, just in this season at the Oaks. And just a few weeks ago, we heard testimony from a lot of people at the anniversary uh, dinner or lunch, actually brunch, and just of how the Oaks has impacted uh, each, and one of our, each and every one of our lives. Um, and just over the last year, we've seen God really increase his church here at the Oaks, just as he's done in Acts. And so the growth has been exciting. Uh, we look forward to walking out what God has planned for us uh, here at the Oaks and each of our individual lives. And so at this current moment, the steering team, which is myself, Mr. Joe, uh, Terry Wiley, right there, and Josh Ott, we are working on the 2015 budget. And so just as God has instructed us to be good stewards with our uh, what he's provided for us personally, we want to do the same for the corporate church. And so we seek to be good stewards of what God has provided to the Oaks through the body. Um, and so we want to just make it known to you that we are working on the budget. Uh, we know that giving, that tithing, that money, that financials, it can be a sensitive subject. Uh, a lot of church bodies keep it secret. They keep it hush. Um, and we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be secret about the budget. We don't want to be secret about where money is being spent. Um, and so we want to learn what Scripture teaches about giving, what Scripture teaches about financing, and then be obedient to that. And so as with everything that is taught here uh, by the teaching pastors, biblical clarity is very important to us uh, when it comes to finances, when it comes to, to giving. Um, and so this morning, I'm just going to cover a few points of things that we believe is the Oaks as far as giving, um, then I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Joe. But the first thing is we believe that everything has been given to us by God. Just as God provided for Israel in the Old Testament, he provided for us, he provides for us in the New Testament as his church. All that we have is because he has given it to us and can be taken at the very next moment of our life. We believe that all things should be used for the glory of God. We believe that money is a great resource to be used for the glory of God. Money is a tool by which we trade for goods and services, and you know that. If you've lived without money, you know that you can't pay your electricity bill. You can't buy food. And so it's a, it's a means by which we trade for goods and services. And so it's a key component to getting things done, like having electricity this morning, cool air during the summer, and then warm air during the winter, uh, breakfast on Sunday mornings, coffee, being able to pay someone's rent when they're in need, being able to provide travel for a missionary, being able to provide food for somebody that is hungry, and also being able to buy crayons for the sprouts. And so you can't do that without money. And so we understand that money is a way that we trade for goods and services in the world that we live in. As far as giving, we believe that God looks at the heart of the giver, not the amount. We believe that just as Jesus saw the widow who put in a small amount of copper, yet she gave more than all the others who were putting in very large sums. So God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the amount of money you give. We believe that God loves a cheerful giver and that you should not give out a compulsion or out of reluctancy. Just as Paul taught to the Corinthians, we believe that each believer should, is free to set aside or give in keeping with his income. 10% is not a law that we follow, but is a great guide that we can use. Ultimately, the amount that you give is out of obedience 
to what God leads you to give. So we encourage you to ask God what you should give. And not only what you should give here at the Oaks, but what you should give outside to missionaries, to the person that's in need, the people that you know. What you should set aside to be able to give. And to give as the Holy Spirit leads. We believe that it was in the DNA of the early church to give and meet the needs of the local church. And we want it to be a part of our DNA. We want to meet the needs of the local church body. In order to meet needs, we have to have money. I mean, that's just natural. That's the world that we live in. Uh, We believe that giving is an act of worship. In the same way that you give of your time, which is a resource, giving of your money is an act of worship as well. And lastly, we believe that transparency to the covenant membership is important. Like I said earlier, we don't want to be secretive. We don't want to be hushed. We don't want to hide the financial uh, status of the Oaks. And so we believe that transparency to the membership is very key. And so talking about transparency, as we work on the upcoming budget, I want to encourage you to to ask questions, to get involved. Uh, Ask myself, Mr. Joe, Terry, or Josh, any questions that you may have as we prepare the budget, um, any questions that you have as far as the finances of the Oaks. And like I said, we want to be transparent in that. Um, a part of this process is, as we talked about, actually we were talking about the budget back in 2013, is deciding on the pay for Casey and for Jason and for Joe Ott. And so at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Joe, who's going to Talk about that a little bit further. Thanks, Scott. Good morning. And, uh, you know, I would say Scott said it's really exciting times, and it, and it really, really is. Um, we've been here since about February, and uh, just the transparency, you know, meeting with the pastors, and I'm asking, if I show you my checkbook, will you show me your checkbook? I want to know how they spend their money, and that's the type of transparency that I was looking for. So that's what Scott is mentioning. You know, I feel comfortable in saying that at any time you want to know how I spend my money, you can ask me. You can ask Scott. You can ask the pastors. The budget will be available for you to look at. We really, really, really want your input. I think it's important for you to know where money's going, how it's being spent, those kind of things. And you may have ideas and suggestions that the Lord gives you that we haven't thought about. It's real important for everyone to be uh, participating in that. But... My, you know, I made a few notes, and thinking about, <clears throat> we have three bivocational pastors here, Joe, Casey, Jason. It's a really unique model, um, very unique. And when the church was first started, I mean, some of these guys are paying the mortgage on this building out of their own pocket. Uh, not too long ago, that was occurring. So when we're thinking about how to compensate these dear men who, who labor on our behalf, they spend many hours a week preparing for today. This doesn't all just happen by itself. Lights don't get turned on and sermons don't get delivered and music doesn't happen just in this hour and a half time set. A lot, a lot of time goes into it. And then there's things you don't see where these guys and others are meeting with members and non-members, sharing the gospel, teaching, training, rebuking, admonishing, restoring those kind of things people you're not going to see those things because those are usually confidential meetings but a lot of that goes on so 
how do we view these three guys? How, how do we view them? Um, I was a part of a church one time where some of the leadership actually viewed the pastors as employees. Do you view them that way? You shouldn't. Absolutely not would be the answer I would give. You know, these guys are called by God to serve and to teach and preach at his direction and not ours. It's real important to understand that. Scott and I and Josh and Terry and others have been researching data on what to pay bivocational pastors. You know, what is the average in Louisiana? What's the average nationwide? And for a body this size, with the giving this size. So we have a baseline, we think, of what to pay. Um, but having three guys share the, share the burden uh, creates a unique uh, situation to where we have to really discern from the Lord what's the plan, what do you want to do with these guys. So I wanted to, if you've got your Bible with you, turn to 1 Timothy 5.17 through 18. It's probably going to be a familiar passage um, to you. 1 Timothy 5, 17 through 18. And I'll just go ahead and read it while you're turning, but I want you to turn so that you can go back to it during the week and, and think about those things and pray over those things. 1 Timothy 5, 17 through 18. Paul is giving instructions about how to compensate elder slash pastors. And he says, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor especially those who work in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. So, you know, there's lots of things going on right there. But let's, in 1 Corinthians 9, 9, Paul again makes the case for compensating, and he again uses this Old Testament law. And, you know, under grace, we don't like to think about law anymore, do we? But he, Paul is digging back. He's going way back, and he's saying, here's part of the, the law in Deuteronomy. In 25.4 in Deuteronomy, it says, don't muzzle the ox while it is helping you get the harvest. Don't muzzle this ox while he's treading out the grain. So Paul's making the point that when there are men that are preaching and teaching and devoting their lives to sharing the word with you, that they have every right to earn a living from the people that they're teaching and preaching to. And so, you know, I made a note here that it would even seem cruel, wouldn't it, to put a muzzle on the ox while it's treading out the grain. It's walking, it's doing its thing, it's walking amongst the wheat, but it can't eat it. That would be cruel. And so it would be cruel to not compensate men who have dedicated their lives to the, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so I would say that the Old Testament principles did not go away under the new covenant of grace that Jesus ushered in, Scripture says that he would write his laws on our hearts. Jesus said he came to fulfill the law. God gives us the ability to labor. And my personal conviction is that for me, this is, I'm speaking for Joe Arsenault and his family, that at least 10% of my first fruits should be returned to the Lord as an act of worship whether all or part of that goes to this local church or to global missions or people I'm supporting, um, and that should be done privately. You know, um, when we research the giving here at the Oaks to try to figure out how to make a budget, I don't know anybody's name and I don't know what anybody's giving. Everybody's got a number, and that's the way I like it. So 
I wholeheartedly believe that if I'm going to support, be a part of a local church, I need to support it. So Scott's right, cheerful giving, um, planning out your giving, praying over your offering. Lord, is this the amount? Is this where it's supposed to go? I want to honor you with it. You know, we can go all the way back to Genesis, Cain and Abel. Um, God was pleased with the first, first fruits, you know, the first offering from Abel. So I just want to encourage you this morning to pray with us as we go through this process. Um, no one has, not one person or two people or four people have all the answers. Really want your input. Uh, maybe you've been a part of a church in the past that you say, hey, this worked really good over there. Once you guys think about this, we'd love to hear from you. We really, really would. So I'd like to lead us in prayer corporately about this. Um, so pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you love us, that you didn't leave us alone, that you restore us through Jesus Christ, that all the way back to Abraham, you began the process of restoring your fallen creation. And you did that through Jesus Christ. Thank you that our sins are covered with his blood, that we're redeemed. Father, show all of us how to have the proper view of money. Lord, I know your word says that the money can be the roots of all kinds of evil and the love of money is wrong. And Father, I pray you'd give us wisdom individually and corporately how to honor you with our resources and our time, our assets, knowing and understanding that you and you alone have given us what we have. If I have a little, you gave it to me. If I have a lot, you gave it to me. And I'm responsible to be a good steward. Father, show us, guide us, I pray. We love you and we trust you. And thank you for this body of believers that you've called out of darkness into light. We worship you this morning, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.